Welcome to another episode of The Pow Wow. I'm Justine Turley here with Eugene Robinson. Hey. How's it going? I'm doing better. Yeah, aside breathe. from the obvious. Breathe, breathe, I'm doing better, yes. Well, how was your Thanksgiving, first off? Let's let's talk about Thanksgiving, okay. a happy time. Okay, well, Thanksgiving was nice. Every time you spend time with family, that is a real good time. And then, just the, my daughter came by, the turkey, and all the other stuff that goes with, I just love that time of the year. It's just a family time of year, and I love it. What's your favorite part of the meal? Uh, I love the macaroni and cheese, and we do turkey, and we do chicken, and I like the chicken that that's just tender, and they fall right off the bone. Oh, oh nice. Goodness. I'm a sweet potato casserole oh, girl myself. Oh, watch out. Sweet potato casserole is a beast. It's just so good. I like yes. sugar, I know so. You know. Okay, here you go. <laughs> well, unfortunately, we can't be thankful for a Panthers win. No. But that's all right. We still have some bright spots that we'll talk about. So last time we spoke, we discussed the Steelers game and just dismiss it as a one-off bad game all around. Yes. Now we have two additional losses, albeit close games, but they've really compromised our playoff position and just kind of put us in a bad spot. Clearly, we have some bright spots like Christian McCaffrey, but now this team really needs to take a step back, figure out who they are, and right this ship. Yeah, and so when we look at Pittsburgh, you're right. Pittsburgh was just, you got your head busted. But Detroit and this last game, that we played the other day here. What did we play again? We played um, Seahawks. Seahawks. When we look at both those two games, we had opportunities to win the game and should have won the game. We had opportunity to put more points on the board and should have. Now, give those teams credit because they play also. But when I look at those two games, it wasn't the Pittsburgh game. Pittsburgh, we got blown out. This game, we were in the red zone. We were in the red zone seven times. I guess Seattle came away with only three times. If, if we're able to convert just half those times, we win the game easily. And defensively, we didn't do ourselves any favor. We we were pretty uncharacteristic. There were not one ball over top, two balls over top, three or four balls over top, big play gains, explosive, we hadn't seen before. So from that standpoint, with the exception of Pittsburgh, that was an anomaly. And that's not part of the DNA. And those things are crooked because even with that, Seattle and Detroit, it came down to the very last second. So what does that tell you about this team? This team, don't throw out the baby with the bathwater. This team is very, very good. Yeah, the Lions lost was only 20, was 20 to 19, and then the Seahawks lost 30 to 27 on a field goal. Little time left. What were you thinking that last drive after you're going to miss that kick? No one cannot get behind you. And then uh, Captain Munderland made a classic mistake, and I know he knows this also well. As the guy runs a wheel route and they do the scramble drill, you call it plaster, you got to get to your guy. I thought he was actually going to intercept the ball. Uh, the problem was, as he was finding the ball, it always mesmerizes you, and you don't run as fast as you can. However, if he takes, puts his head down and runs to the receiver – he will catch the receiver, and thus he will catch up to the ball. And because he didn't do that, that little, that little thing that most football players do when you're getting beat, find that receiver, run to him because you'll run a lot faster than that receiver. Then you typically catch up the ball. He didn't do that, and that was surprising because he knows he's done that all his career. And to see him not do that, that was uh, maybe a little disheartening. And also, Cornell having a chance to go ahead and and knock a ball away on fourth and ten didn't materialize. There were two plays that really, really just stuck it to us, where now there's no way that you can win the game. And so Seattle played well, but 
defensively, I thought in the secondary, we gave some plays over the top, which we shouldn't have gotten. Yeah, and if you look at these, the last two losses on paper, it look we were obviously in it. You look at the score. <clears throat> A lot of things were even. It looked like we could have won this game. It's like you said, just one or two plays here and there at critical times that just made us fall short. The fourth down and one and a half play where Coach Rivera, he threw the chalice flag because I thought Cam got the line to gain. Uh, those things are hard to go ahead and judge because, you know, it, it's not decisive. And to my naked eye, I was like, oh, that's a first down. But it wasn't. And then the fourth down, uh, the third down play where he throws interception. Well, that was a really great interception because the defensive back he tipped the ball to himself, stuck his left hand in there, tipped it to himself, caught the ball. Beautiful interception. I can't get mad at that. That's somebody just making a play. But if you take those two plays in the red zone, not being able to come away with any points, if you would come away with six points, the game is out of the game is out of reach. As a player, is it harder to lose games that are really close or blowouts? Because I know a lot of fans would rather get blown out just because they don't have to deal with the stress and just the, the heartbreak are, seems worse. The close games are the hardest ones because every play, there's typically five plays that define a game, and you don't know where those five plays are going to come. And when a game is really close, you're, you're trying to execute and not make any mistakes because – one play that you might make, an alignment, an assignment error, a technique error, could cost a game, and particularly in the secondary. If the defensive line misses a sack, nah, no big deal. Miss a run, no big deal. Linebacker's there. Safety's there. Linebacker's miss a play, no big deal. Safety's in the corners there. The corners and safety's miss, no one there but the end zone. And that's how precarious and how, how it is, it's how tenuous it is that you got to be right in the secondary. If you're not right in the secondary, alignment, assignment, technique, then somebody like Russell Wilson, a great quarterback, or Drew Brees, or uh, uh, um, Tom Brady, they're going to beat you. Yeah, and our secondary has <clears throat> definitely struggled these past few games with these losses, and that's a big part of our what's happened to our team. But we also lost Dante Jackson the first play of the game, Huge. which hurt a lot. That was probably the most critical play because – if you think about it, Corner Elder doesn't get all those reps that DJ gets. And DJ is one of the fastest men in the National Football League. I guarantee double dog to you that Moore's not going to outrun him. Matter of fact, uh, uh, DJ would be stacking him over the top and in position for interception. We've seen that four times this year running on goal routes where he outjumps the receiver for the ball because he's in great position. You would have got this exact same thing with uh, – with uh, Dante Jackson going against more in the, in, the, in, the, in the back of the end zone. If he's there, that play never happens. So unfortunately, we have a lot of dark <laughs> spots in these last two games, but there are still some bright spots of the Indeed, Panthers yes, that you can is. see, like Christian McCaffrey. He wow. is just playing lights out. He's ran over for over 100 yards, received for over 100 yards. First time for a Panthers to do that. Two touchdowns, one in each. What What are you excited about with him, at least, with our and our offense in general? I would love people to stop thinking that this young man cannot run in between the tackles. I have no idea how he got that moniker that somehow he's not big enough, he's not strong enough, he's not fast enough. I don't know what film y'all watching. Every time I see this young man run the rock, he is – I'm a pro player. I'm not a broadcaster. Broadcast is something I do. Football is what I've done for all my life. And I'm telling you, you take the Marcus Allens, you take – the 
best running backs, the Marshall Fox, all this guy. This dude is in that elite class. I'm like, how in the heck do you constantly make people miss? I mean, miss, and then he's so durable. He's durable. I mean, you hit that dude, he's going to hit you back. And so from that standpoint, I'm like, I don't know why people think that this young man is not who he is. He's shown you throughout the season, last season, that he is someone that you should be talking about every single time. Like we talk about Elvin Kamara from uh, from the Saints. He's in that elite class. He's Reggie Bush. He is Marshall Falk. He's he's that dude's a beast. Yeah, he's becoming a household name for the Man, Panthers, and you better know it. It's always good that you can still have a constant bright spot along with our offense because the offense is doing well and Cam is doing well. He's putting up numbers similar to that of 2015. And when he plays well, our team generally plays well. It's just like we said, those things, something's just not clicking throughout the entire game. It is. And think about this. Let's stay on this whole theme about doing well. What about DJ Moore? He's getting more involved, which a lot of fans are more excited about. The Steve Smith references, gotta love. Love it. I mean, he's running through he runs through people. I stopped him in the in the um, in the locker room. I was like, "Dude, how do? You, I mean, he's big and he's a big receiver, but when you see him, you don't think he's that, that thick. But the nastiness, the grit, the grind, that dirty man. I'll punch you in the mouth. Get out my way. Attitude that he brings to the table. How he secures the ball. That dude is every bit of Steve Smith." And some and more. And I'll tell you what. More. There you go. DJ, you got the right name. More. All right. Well, we have a lot more to talk about on the powwow. And up next, we're going to take a listen into the locker room and hear from Coach and a few key players on their thoughts on this season. Welcome back to the powwow. Last segment, we talked about a few bright spots from the last two games. Now let's hear from Coach Ron Rivera. Well, probably the biggest thing um, was, was how well we played. Uh, and then the critical mistakes we made that cost us an opportunity to win a football game. That's the truth of the matter. We had some red zone opportunities that we missed chances to score touchdowns. Uh, we missed an opportunity on third down, an opportunity on fourth down to get off the field. Um, and those critical mistakes are what beat you. That's the biggest thing more so than anything else. If you really go back and look at it, that's what the game came down to, and everybody says it. That, uh, football, winning football games comes down to four, five, six plays. And that's exactly what got us. I'm not going to sit here and, 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 and try and make any other excuse other than the fact that those are things that we have to get corrected. We can't allow those critical mistakes as coaches. We can't have them as players. Um, and maybe we need to look and rethink some of the things that we have them do. Maybe it's on us. That was Coach at his Monday press conference. And obviously he's not happy about how the last few games have played out. But he talked about the critical mistakes. I feel like our secondary is where a lot of those critical mistakes are happening. What is your biggest concern, and like, what are you seeing as critical mistakes? Okay, let me just let me just qualify this because I'm a secondary guy, played free safety for 16 years. Uh, I know how tenuous it is back there, and how you have to do your job. Um, and at any given play, if you mess up, it could be a touchdown. And we had a number of plays. Uh, 43-yarder, 35-yarder, 28-yarder, 54-yarder. We had a number of plays that were explosive plays over the top in critical third down and fourth down situation, two of them that yielded touchdowns. And so you have to take care of business. 
And I see what Coach means because he's talking to the secondary a little bit is that we rely so much on you to do your job that you have to do it every single time. You can't afford to have a, a miss-up. The offensive line can. The D-line can. But the secondary, you can't. You don't get it back. You, you, that's the only positions in the field in that group that if you mess up, it's typically a touchdown. And you, you, you don't get a chance to get another interception. You don't get a chance to go knock the ball down. You got to do it when the, the time comes. You, you don't get a chance to, do, to stop the go route when I'm lined up on you in press coverage while I got to mow the back. You got to do it right now. That's what coach means. And if those five plays, we could take away the four plays that were big plays on, on the secondary alone, just four of them. If we just take away two of those plays or just one of those plays, it's a different game. It's the, the game is already either going into overtime or if we make the play with Cornetta, the game, you get the ball back on that fourth down, you run the clock out, the game is over. And like you've said, losing is contagious. And for that type of position, your mental state has to be really positive and you have to continue getting better. How is the secondary going to get themselves out of this rut and turn things back around like they did at the beginning of the season? Well, here, with the exception of Pittsburgh, they got to have busted. But every other game, they played some great football. Let's go talk about the first Tampa Bay game. The most explosive offense on the planet. They got Ryan Fitzpatrick. They got Evans. They got Deshaun Jackson. They got Humphreys. They got Godwin. They got these dudes who's just balling all day long. The running game is nice, but the passing game is extraordinary. We smashed them. Did we forget how great Bradbury was on Evans? He only caught two passes. Did we forget how great Deshaun uh, uh, Deshaun Jackson was covered by Dante Jackson? Did we forget it? No. So what I do is I go back and I watch the film and I go like this. Dude, check this out. Oh, yeah, that's you. What? Yeah, what we saw yesterday ain't you. This is you. So I remind you based on what you've already done against an opponent who's potent, who's incredible, and you've already handled them. I remind you of what you've already done, and I show you the film of what you've done so that you're reminded that this is what I'm capable of every single play. I'm sure Coach is going to have all his players take a step back and just get back to the basics. He always seems to be very level-headed and not show too much emotion one way or the other. But some of the players after this last game had a little bit of sadness to their interviews. So let's take a look at what they had to say. Until we decide to fix things, it's just, I don't know, that's, that's about as bad a loss, having the ball under the two-minute warning tied and to lose in regulations. The red zone stuff killed us throughout the course of the game. Um, you know, against those kind of teams, those early red zone trips come back to kill you. Uh, I don't know what else to say. How confident are you that you can get it back on track for the final month? Yeah, I mean, we don't have a choice. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> the notion, though, that it just continued that. Just, we got a lot of to figure out. Where does that start? Before we worry about winning five games. I told you guys last week we got, we're about one game, and we haven't won one game in three weeks. So we can forget about five. We got to win one. Yeah, I mean, six and five is not great when you were six, when you were six and two. And now you're six and five. I don't know if that's how anybody saw it going, but it is. We got five games left. Try to, you know, try to 
go get one. I think we have we have playmakers all over the field, and uh, you know a lot of guys did an awesome job today. It's just a matter of finding a way to finish. You know, we gotta start fast and stay focused. And at the end of the game, and we gotta find a way to win. You know, that's what the great teams do. So uh, we can do it. You know, it's not a matter of if we can or can't. If we got blown out, it's one thing. But you know, we're in a position where we control our destiny, and um, that makes it more frustrating. But it also um, it's good to remind us that that we can win. Greg, Luke, and Christian were clearly affected by this loss. You could see it in their faces. You could hear it in their voices. And to me, though, that demeanor just shows that they care. And when you care, it just means you're going to fight that much harder to dig yourselves out of this. You mentioned two of the guys who are bona fide leaders on this team, Wilson and Luke Eakley, no doubt. And they are bona fide leaders on this team. So I get the sadness. I get the hurt. I get the pain. 24-hour road, you move on. But Garen Double Dog T, as you come and approach the next game, they will be on their P's and Q's and making sure that they secure every single play and making sure that they talk up on the sideline like, don't forget what we're doing. Don't forget what defense we're in. Uh, don't forget, here it is, good technique, good alignment, good assignment. All those things will be talked about and emphasized all week long as they move forward down in Tampa Bay because that one hurt and it stung. And you could tell in their voices, but they're going to get it back. They got to focus on their next game. Do you need to get that? No. They need to focus on their next game, and that's what they're going to do. Like you said, you always look to your next opponent, which happens to be our divisional rivals, the Bucks. But the playoffs are still in the back of your mind. How are you, as a player, like you said, how are you focusing on the playoffs while also focusing just on your next game? Is it just that you know you have to win it to get into it? Like, we're still in charge of our destiny. It just, we made it a little harder on ourselves. We, we did, and we can go 11-5, and five. doable. I know the Saints are out there. I get it. I know Atlanta's out there. But guess what? You got tough games every week. And it's not like you don't play this opponent. It'll be different if you didn't play the opponent. But we play four games that are divisional games. Two with uh, the Saints, one with um, Atlanta. This week coming up with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You got to go get it. And I know East Man is going to be talking about, dude, we got to secure this. We got this. If it's not for the mistakes, the self-inflicted mistakes, you're in the red zone. Got to convert. You're in the play. Got to win on third down. We got to win. So that's going to be emphasized. Now, I don't want guys to press. I want them to do their jobs. But I also want to show them film where they were doing their job and doing it with excellence so that they remember, oh, I got this. I got this. So I'm not looking ahead. I am a little bit. But I got a divisional game that's coming up. I got to beat Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay, you're in my way. You are in the way. I don't care what quarterback you come back with, Fitzpatrick, Winston, it don't matter. Because we got to go out there and we got to go ahead and, and bust some heads and, and play some football to turn this thing around. And it's doable. If they weren't able to do it, then this would be a superfluous extra talk, me just being wishful thinking. But this is not the DNA of this team. They are capable, more than capable of doing that. Yeah, we saw it at the beginning of the season. We're here to remind you fans that they were really good at one point, and we're, we're going to be good again. Preach on. But I think we've talked enough. We've spent enough time about the losses, so let's switch gears a little bit. Coming up next, we're going to have the favorite powwow segment, Flag on the Play. Love Flag. 
Welcome back to the Pow Wow. I'm Justine Turley here at Bank of America with Eugene Robinson, and it's time for some flag on the play. I like it. Let's do it. All right, first one. Kansas City's food habits. They posted on social media some players had ketchup sandwiches, and Pat Mahomes said that he puts ketchup on his spaghetti. That is not a flag on the play because I, too, have ketchup sandwiches when I was a kid. Really? Is that like a football thing or is it just a... It's a hood thing. (laughs) (laughs) It is a hood thing. Ketchup sandwiches. Maybe I'll I'll have to try it. I I don't know. All right, next up. Rams defensive tackle Aaron Donald used knives during offseason training. Kind of like a wax on, wax off thing with the knives. I showed you the video earlier. Mm. You guys can see it on social media. It is exciting video to watch. Not a flag on the play. But I don't want him getting stabbed with a knife. But his hand-eye coordination, incredible. It reminds me of dodgeball when they start throwing dodged up duck dip dive and dodge with like wrenches and yeah, it worked for them it did it worked for the average joe so <laughs> and the rams seem to be doing all right but he's not the average joe but that dude is no. incredible but what, what a nice regiment yes next up obj kind of calling out his coaching staff saying that he knew that eagles secondary was banged up and personally he would have liked to attack them but it was not in their game plan flag on the play you do what the coaches ask you to do and you don't have to make a comment like that. It's, it's, it's unnecessary because now it draws to the question that, is this about you or is this about the team? He's been a little bit of a poison. It seems like this year's still good, but those comments you just can't be making. He is one of the best receivers, bar none, in the league. No doubt about that. His credentials, they precede him. All that said is that you don't have to make a statement like that because we already know that you're one of the best receivers on earth and if they didn't take advantage of you and you still won the game then guess what you won the game football's a team sport as team sport all right last up ed orgeron got gatorade got the gatorade bath before the lsu texas a&m game ended there was a second left they were up by a touchdown but texas a&m ended up coming back they lost 74 72 in the seventh overtime he had to do it all wet with gatorade flag on the play you get you know when the win is you're going to get the win. You could have easily waited for the time to go ahead and expire and then hit the coach with a Gatorade bath. Instead, you're premature on it. Now he's wet, and now he's mad, and he's mad at whoever dumped the, the, the Gatorade on him. Flag on the play. It's just it's just a little awkward. Yeah, it's awkward, and it's, and it's too premature, and you didn't need to do it. I wouldn't want to be yelled at by Orgeron and just be a lot of, go Towers. Oh, my goodness. I love his voice, though. Yeah, but guess what? He's just upset mad. Yeah. All right, well, that wraps up Flag on the Play. As always, it's a pleasure doing it with you, Eugene. All right, let's now look ahead, just like the team is doing. Our next two games do offer us a chance to get well. It's the Bucks. We've beat them once before. It is difficult to beat a team twice, but we've done it, so that kind of gives us some some hope. And then we got the Browns, but a team, though, you can't sleep on, but kind of a little bit of a reset with them. Who would think that during this juncture – that you would say that, oh, man, the Panthers could easily beat Tampa and Cleveland, but now those are must games. And now they're precarious and they're like, you're not sure what's going to happen. I think if our offense comes out and plays the way they're capable of playing, getting in the red zone and getting six points and not not messing up in the red zone, I think we take care of business. Defensively, I want to see what the DNA and the metal of this team is. And I want to see – what it looks like in the secondary, particularly because in the secondary, we will win it or lose games. And they've had some quarterback troubles. They seem to have kind of figured them out. But, again, like you said, the secondary will have to take advantage of that. Indeed. And don't forget, um, our defensive front, 
they have routinely been able to get after Tampa Bay, and I would expect that to continue. Hopefully we can get a win. They are coming off a win, 27-9 against the 49ers, but the 49ers aren't the greatest tell to see how good a team is, but we're hoping we can get that win. So that pretty much wraps up this week's episode of the Pow Wow. Make sure to watch the game on Sunday, or better yet, listen to Panthers Radio and Eugene McMixon and Jim Zoki for hopefully what we can call a Panthers win. I'm hoping for a Panthers win too. Right on, Justine.